0: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Dave Barnes. Make sure you check out his new album and catch him out on the road if he is coming your way. So today is a really fun episode. It's our last episode of August as well. Just as a quick reminder, we'll be off the next two weeks while I'm on vacation. So this will be the last episode until Thursday, September 6th. We're really excited to kick off kind of our new season, our fall season then. Today's episode is a little different than what we normally do, but I am super excited about it. If you've listened to our show before, you know that I'm a fan of other podcasts, a lot of them, and I won't even start to list or I'll leave out some friend who will text me and tell me how rude it was. I didn't say them, but I love podcasts and one of the ones I've loved listening to in the last couple of years has been Up and Vanished. It's a one of those kind of murder mystery cases. I listened to Serial and I loved it and then I ended up listening to Up and Vanished and John Chris and I talked about it on his episode back in January. And today on the show we have the creator of Up and Vanished, Payne Lindsay, an Atlanta guy who has finished Up and Vanished season one a couple of years ago, but it is still worth your listen for sure. Uh, Created Atlanta Monster and also is now kicking off, today actually kicks off season two of Up and Vanished with a new cold case. So here's a couple of things I want you to know going into this episode. While most episodes are kind of built around uh, shared faith or fun, this one is a little bit different. It's built around good storytelling and art and the importance of that and I think one of the most fun things we get to do here is I get to expose you to people that I respect and art that I think is interesting and storytelling that I think is good, even if it's not faith-based. So I just wanted to give you a heads up about that, that Up and vanished is not a faith-based show. It is a true crime show that Payne Lindsay solves crimes, (laughs) which is very cool. Um, I've gotten to listen to episode one of Up and Vanish season two, and I just want to give you a heads up. If you listen to it, he does not bleep out cuss words. And so if you are going to listen in the car with your kids, um, I just probably wouldn't maybe Um, listen to it first on your own. And I don't know that you'd want to listen to one of these anyway with your kids in the car, but I'm not the boss of you. But so I'm not talking about the episode of pain and I in our conversation. You can totally listen to that. Without any worry, we we you know me. We always stay G-rated up in here. But if you want to listen to Up and Vanish season two, I just wanted to give you a heads up that there are there's some language in there that um, that you would want to know ahead of time before you let other ears, maybe even your own ears, listen to that. So listening to season two Up and Vanish, I just wanted you to have that heads up. I've only heard one episode and then talked to Payne. So when if you are listening to this as the season of Up and Vanish season two progresses just know that as far as I know, and as as much as I know of the content and as much as I can go, yeah, this is super interesting is episode one. So I just wanted to put that out there to you. Payne Lindsay is an incredibly good storyteller. I have learned a lot about writing story and telling story and how to turn a story really beautifully from listening to his storytelling and his podcast. And I think you're going to enjoy this conversation today. If you have not listened, to season one of Up and Vanished. If you have not listened to Serial, which he did not produce, but we talk about. If you have not listened to Atlanta Monster, just this is just a little bit of a spoiler alert warning because I like ask him the real questions. Um, what a good dude. I'm so glad to have met him. Literally, it went like this. I tagged him on Instagram and was like, hey, Lindsay, come talk to us about season two. And he was like, you don't look super crazy. So, okay. So that is how we got him on the show. So I'm so glad to be friends with him now. You know how the rule is. The only guests we have on here are friends of mine or people I wish were friends of mine. And so that is the category of pain. Now I wished he was my friend and now he's stuck with me. So, so I hope you enjoy this conversation with my new friend, podcast producer and host pain. Lindsay, do you know the backstory of how this is happening today? Do I? Yeah. Do you know the backstory of how why my podcast audience loves Up and Vanished?
1: No, actually, I don't.
0: Okay, it's a great story. So in like January, we had a, another guy on from Atlanta named John Christ, who's a comedian. And in the middle of the podcast, we're talking about something else, and he just casually mentions, "Well, I actually just finished listening to this podcast, and I was like, wait a minute." are you talking about Up and Vanished? Because I just binged Up and Vanished and like couldn't stop. And our group of friends at Nashville had all listened to it. So then like literally 20 minutes of our podcast <laughs> is talking about Up and Vanished. Wow! And then a ton of my podcast listeners started going, hey, say the name of that show again and what should we be listening? And then everybody, a bunch of people listened along with us. And so it made tons of sense with season two coming out to go like, well, maybe we can just talk straight to pain about season one and season two.
1: Well, that's amazing. Here I am.
0: Right. So you've already got the people. Okay, but first, let's back up. You live in Atlanta. Did you grow up in Atlanta?
1: I grew up in Kennesaw, which is north of Atlanta. But I've been in Atlanta in the city for about 10 years. Yes.
0: Now. Okay. So I did too. I went to, Where'd you go to high school? I went to Sprayberry. Are you telling people that? Is that a secret where you went to high school? No,
1: I went to Harrison.
0: Oh my gosh. We're like so neighbor. I mean, I'm in the more, the redneck part of the world than you, but <laughs> still grew up in the same. I mean, are you like a cool beans kind of guy like on the Marietta Square?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? Sweet treats and all that stuff. For sure. Oh,
0: listen, sweet treats, the way they crunch up those that I've never seen anything like that. It's like they drill into ice cream.
1: It's amazing. It's, it's delicious.
0: It's amazing. What's your combo when you go to Sweet Treats?
1: Oh, my gosh. I haven't been there in so long, to be honest. My friend in high school used to work there, so he used to get free ice cream. Oh, yeah. But I, I honestly have not been there in phew, at least five years, I think.
0: I know. Yeah. I mean, I've lived in Nashville for 10 years, so it's been 10 years since I was there on a regular basis. But when I was in Marietta, <laughs> I was there on a regular basis. It's one oh, of my Oh, yeah. That's stocks. definitely my spot. Okay. so we, So you moved into Atlanta. How long ago, did you say?
1: I would say... Geez, almost 10 years ago now.
0: Okay. And what made you even get started on doing... Because you're a documentary filmmaker first, right?
1: Yes. I, I, I was always into film before I ever made a podcast. And the only reason I made a podcast to begin with was because I wanted to make a film and I didn't have the money to do that.
0: Right. So I thought,
1: hey, if I could make a a popular podcast story, then maybe I can get the money or the people, whatever it took to make the film happen.
0: Right. Okay, so talk about that. Talk about why you even did Up and Vanish Season 1.
1: I mean, to be honest, I was just like anyone who listens to true crime podcasts or watches it on TV, I was just always sort of a fan of the suspense genre and always, you know, binging the true crime shows. And as a creator, I was just sitting there one day in my apartment I'm just like, why do I not make one of these? Yeah. So I literally, it was just a simple thought like that. I said, okay, well, I'm going to look up a cold case in Georgia, and I'm going to try to solve it, which is silly to think, and I'm going to make a podcast about it.
0: Yeah. Do you, perchance, know your enneagram number, Payne?
1: Um, what is that?
0: Oh, seriously. Seriously. The any? Enne- oh, I'm so happy to introduce you to this, Payne. It's a. It's like a personality test where it gives you a number one through nine. It's kind of like Myers-Briggs or Mm -hmm. Finders or whatever, So, but there's only a few types that would say something like, so I decided to solve a cold case. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. like I decided that I had the brains and the resources and the ideas and the possibility of actually solving this thing. What were some other ones you were listening to before that you went like, this is so fun, I want to do this?
1: Well, really, it was Serial that even gave me the idea that I could do a podcast in the first place because I wasn't really super into podcasts, but... I had been serial. My friend introduced me to it. And I really understood how you could tell a story long form like that week yeah. by week, and still be, you know, emerge in the story without any visual content at all. So serial was definitely my biggest inspiration. And if I hadn't heard that, I wouldn't have even thought to do a podcast. And I hadn't really listened to many other ones, you know, what I mean, at that point,
0: same, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not like a I'm not the person who listens to all the true crime ones. I listen to Serial and then I listen to Up and Vanished. And then I'm just on like the Payne Lindsay train because then I did Atlanta Monster. And so, I mean, I'm the same way. I want to warn our people that I want to do a little bit of a spoiler alert for Serial and maybe for Up and Vanished one, but for sure for Serial. Do you think Adnan did it?
1: Um, yeah, that's a funny question. I do, actually. Do you? I do.
0: What makes you think he did it? You just think there's not enough evidence that he didn't?
1: I haven't seen enough evidence that somebody else did it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but if Jay is saying that Anon did it, then why isn't Anon saying Jay is a liar? Right. That's super weird to me. And, you know, Jay knew where the car was. I mean, Jay's story checked out. I don't know who else could have done it. Too much. Yeah, he
0: checked out too much. It seems to be that the... Right at first, everyone totally believed Adnan, and the longer the show exists and people listen to multiple rounds of it, people go, you know what? Maybe he did do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It usually is. But, no, I could be proven wrong. But my personal opinion after listening to Serial, I think Adnan did it.
0: (laughs) Okay, so before you were making... Uh, the podcast, and before you listen to Serial, did you notice details as much as you do now?
1: Which kind of details?
0: Like, the, like even you going like, well, when Jay said this and when, and when they didn't do this, I thought, oh, I wonder. You know, like, it feels like to do your job, you have to be, and I think to be a storyteller, you have to be really cognizant of details.
1: I think that I still focus on them the same. The only difference is that as a storyteller, I'm now focusing on details that I want to present to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, The goal is to make a super digestible, easy-to-listen, easy-to-follow-along podcast that is still suspenseful and gives you the real facts, but whittling down all the information to provide that to you in a way that you can understand is very difficult, and part of the process is choosing which details to highlight right. and focus on.
0: Right, because I would imagine – I mean, neither of us were behind the scenes on Serial, but I'd imagine Sarah Koenig had like – and you would know because you've done – too, that just so much more information than she could ever give us.
1: Oh, for sure. And you could probably make a whole different podcast based on the stuff that we didn't use. And, you know, as a journalist, storyteller, you're kind of, you know, have the executive decision on what is best to present to the listeners.
0: Yeah. And I mean, because you did that a little bit with Up and Vanish Season 1 by having the case files, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I had really nothing with season one. I, all I had was just a few files that I, I was given by a private investigator, but really I was kind of on my own, didn't really have any cooperation from law enforcement. And I just kind of had to poke around the town and just really talk to the townspeople.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about season one because Payne, this is, you understand (laughs) for a fan of the podcast, this is a little bit beyond what a podcast listener thinks they will ever get to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. It's
0: it's like, talk to the guy and go like, okay, Payne, what about this? And what about this? So So, let's
1: get down to it. That's right.
0: So spoiler alert again, for people who have not listened to season one, I'm not, I, I don't know how deep we'll go, but go back and listen to season one for sure. Pain. you literally just like Googled cold cases in Georgia and came across Tara.
1: That's literally what I did. It's not very glamorous. I so just... what made
0: you pick her story out of the, all the ones that have to be cold cases in Georgia?
1: Well, firstly, I was just drawn to how mysterious it really was. I mean, it was over 10 years old and no one knew what happened at all. And just the general blurb about it was that her front door was locked. Her cell phone was found inside, and no one's seen her since. I was like, How is that possible? Her car is right. in the driveway. I mean, just a genuine disappearance. And I thought that was super strange that it'd been so long and so many different leads that have gone nowhere. It, it, I was just drawn to the fact of, you know, what actually happened here. And, you know, I was, I wanted to figure it out. Yeah. To be honest.
0: One of my very favorite parts of that whole show is that your grandmother's friend kind of helps you crack the first part of the case.
1: Definitely. And I, that call happened early on, too. So when I found out my grandma's friend knew Tara and had a different take on what may have happened the last night she was seen, I was uh, taking it back for sure. And that definitely made me think that this was the right case for me to pursue if I was going to do this at all.
0: Okay, so back up to when you first made the show, because in the when I listened to the show, You still had the tag on it, and you may still have the tag on it of like the first people who did do this. I'll send you batches of my grandmother's cowboy cookies. Oh yeah, like you couldn't have known that the podcast was going to have millions. I assume millions of listeners.
1: Yeah, my grandma was not prepared to make that many cookies. Right. That way. So what was your
0: what was going on in your brain when you when you did that? Was that a way to Were you hoping to get more listeners, or was it just a fun thing of like, hey, I bet a couple hundred people listen to this, and this will be fun to do?
1: Yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, what's the cool way to incentivize people to tell their friends yeah. and you know, rate this podcast. I don't know. This sounds, you know, I'll keep it down to earth and involve my grandma. Yeah. She's, she's down to make some cookies and had no clue that people would, you know, be talking about cowboy cookies all over the place in right. the podcast world. Has she
0: given up a recipe? Like, are people able to make them?
1: No. And to be honest, you know, she gave my family a cookbook a few years ago. And in the cookbook is a recipe for the cowboy cookies. And I've had several other family members make them. And they just, for some reason, they never turn out the same. They're never the so same. So <laughs> I'm convinced that she's holding back some ingredient. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I swear there's something she's holding back because they're not the same.
0: Dude, there is a cookie recipe that circles Marietta, Georgia, called boyfriend cookies. Oh, wow. That you are supposed to make if you and give to a guy that you want to date. And to get that recipe is one of the hardest things in Marietta because people are like, no, sorry, we don't share that. Really? You're like, no, no, I oh my gosh. So it's so I bet cowboy cookies your grandmother's like, sorry about it. I'm just not telling. I'll put everything but this one thing in there. How many did she end up making? Did she do a lot for you?
1: She definitely made a lot. I don't know how, I mean, it was probably, I mean, easily over, I would say probably a couple hundred cookies, I would say. And we put them in little baggies and and we sent them them. off. We just mailed strangers cookies. I mean, that's Literally, do you that's still what
0: we have do. people say that to you, or did you pull that tag off the show?
1: <laughs> it's still there. I should probably pull that, but yeah, I would say probably one in every five messages I get uh, involves the word "cowboy cookies" yeah. <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. You're
0: like, you guys, I may have solved a crime. Stop talking about the cowboy. But cookies. more
1: importantly, what's your grandma's recipe for that's cookies? It. That's, it.
0: that's exactly right. Um, I love that part. What does your grandma think about this podcast?
1: <laughs> to be honest, it's just the coolest thing because my grandma just loves it. And yeah. she's got an iPhone. She's super hip to technology. We've got her an iPad and you know, all the technological advances. And she listens to only my podcast, yeah. which is very nice.
0: Well, I hope she'll listen to this one. Hi, Grandma. Welcome to That Sounds Fun. This is your new friend,
1: Annie. Yeah, exactly. Here's, <laughs> yeah, here's, here's her new podcast.
0: I love it. That is just, I mean, and the interesting thing to me about podcasts, this happens with our show too, and I'd love your thoughts on this, is that when I, hit rec- when I hit send on an episode and it goes out, I'll listen to it maybe one more time just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But then there will be people who will send me an email about an episode from three years ago. Oh, yeah. Like they're evergreen. People don't stop. So you must be continually getting people who just start the show.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and it's kind of amazing to me. It's almost like a social experiment. How many people think the exact same thing? Really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like it's people kind of will email you
0: and go, "I've got this idea of who did it," and it's and it's the same things. It's that the you're getting.
1: same thing, and it's almost as if I published the episode yesterday, but it's Get two out years of here. old. <laughs> that <laughs> it's, is it's crazy. Wild. I know.
0: Do people still send you before they finish the show? Do they still f- send you tips and like ideas? And have you looked at this kind of stuff?
1: Oh, yeah, they're stuck in 2016. Like it's, you know, Pain. completely active. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's You're like, way you works. guys, just get on Google real quick. <laughs> I'm like, just Google it for a second, then get back to me. And we can go from there.
0: That's exactly right. Okay. So I'm going to ask some really specific, targeted questions here about the cool. show. So everybody get ready for a deep dive. There's an episode where y'all go under a house, they call you, and you drive down from Atlanta to Osceola, Georgia. Mm-hmm. and you go under a house, and they think there's bones and stuff. Yes. What did that end up being? Did you tell us in the show, and I've forgotten? Because I have wondered so long what that ended up being.
1: It was so weird, because I went there based on this tip that was kind of you know out there, but there was enough validity to it at the time to make me consider it. So I went there with my little brother and the homeowner of the house, who had moved in recently, and we crawled around in the crawl space under the house. It sounded we awful, were, by the way.
0: I just, not it the, was awful. Not the quality. The quality was amazing. It, as you're describing it when it's happening, I'm like, my skin is crawling. It having to be underground. Yeah. Like that, or underground. It was
1: not fun. Let's put it that way. No. And um, yes, we were digging around and we were kind of collecting weird things that we were finding and putting them in a, uh, a brown paper bag. And, you know, I was kind of terrified, you know, under there. Yeah. But a few days later, I guess the the Georgia Bureau of Investigation found out that I had been searching under that house, so for whatever reason, they decided to search under that house as well, and they found bones which I later learned were animal bones and you know proof that i 'm not a real investigator is that i didn 't find these animal bones but to be honest, I had no clue where they found them we We searched pretty well, I thought, yeah, but um you know oddly enough, they found something that they tested, and you know it wasn 't um Anything related to the case, and it was just animal bones. But just kind of shows you how much no one knew about this case that they were just kind of following all kind of crazy leads.
0: Right. Tell me what it felt like to see, like the GBI and the Osceola Police Department. Like you're just a random guy from Atlanta who's recording a podcast, and suddenly everybody cares.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like at that time, I I never really told anybody this, but I really thought that the case was going to be solved right then and there. It was early on, and I got a call that the GBI is there now, and they just found bones. And I was like, well, one, the fact that they're searching the same place I searched means that maybe there's more validity to it than I thought. And secondly, they found bones. I I even called my mom and said, oh, my gosh, I think that something might happen here. And then, sure enough, it was animal bones, and it was my first sort of like white rabbit, as Maurice would call it. And I kind of realized, okay, I'm in for a pretty crazy ride here, I think. Yeah, no
0: kidding. I mean, you just think... I loved that unfolding part of the story As is that you were redoing the episodes and releasing them kind of as you're getting more information. You hadn't finished the story. And so to see people trolling the website, to see people the GBI start caring, I was like, if I was Payne Lindsay, it would be a whole different experience than I thought I was having that all these actual professional investigators are now listening to the show.
1: Yeah. It was very interesting. I, d- I didn't expect that, but, um, you know, it's kind of in a way, if you think about it, what I kind of wanted, I guess yeah. I wanted to make this as popular as it could be and as effective as it could be and hopefully have a good ending to it. And, you know, that's what comes with all those things that I wish for.
0: Yeah you know what we didn't do is we didn't just do like a one sentence about what season one is. Will you do that for us just in case people haven't listened?
1: Yeah. So season one of Up and Vanished is about a missing high school teacher named Tara Grinstead. She vanished in 2005 and it was a decade old cold case. And then about two years ago, I started making a podcast about it and it got a lot of attention. And because of that, there were two arrests made in the case and you can pretty much follow the whole journey of how we got there and what happened after that just by listening to the entire season, starting with episode one.
0: So I'm just going to real quick interrupt this fun conversation and tell you about my friends over at Prep Dish. You've heard me talk about them before if you have listened to the show before, but Prep Dish is a great way to save time and be efficient in the kitchen. Eat healthy. You know me. I'm gluten-free, dairy-free. And so this is a great way to have those kind of meals that are real foods only. But you can also, if you eat dairy, if you eat gluten, if you eat all the things, they have that for you too. It's a stress-free, really tasty meals. And the owner, Allison, who I adore, is offering my friends, you guys, a free two-week trial of Prep Dish, which is awesome. You can try it for free for two weeks. This is like a no-brainer. Just go to PrepDish.com slash Annie. And if you ever need to use a code, just use my first name, A-N-N-I-E in all caps, so prep Dish is like a meal planning service. So every week you get an email with a grocery list and a prep ahead instructions so that all of your meals are ready for the week. There's no guesswork needed. You can let Prep Dish do all the planning for you. You don't even have to think about it, which is great for me because I'm just busy. It's not that I don't like cooking. I'm just busy and I have a crazy schedule and this is such a time saver for me. So after only like an hour, maybe a little bit more of prepping on the weekend, I have all my meals ready for the entire week. So... Um, make sure you go and try PrepDish. I mean, why not try it for free for two weeks, right? PrepDish.com slash Annie, and your first two weeks are free. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash Annie. Now, listen, Payne, <laughs> do you think the killers have been arrested?
1: Um, I think that...
0: Are you allowed to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I think that Bo Dukes and Ryan Duke... The guys who were arrested were certainly involved in Tara's disappearance or likely murder. Um, I think that some people are more involved than we think they are Mm -hmm. or than the law enforcement is saying. And there is the possibility that there is another person who was involved. And I think that without a doubt, uh, involvement aside, more people very close to these individuals Knew about this for a long time.
0: I mean, that seems to be the thing about what happened in Nocilla, is you you kind of cracked cracked open a door that a lot of people were hiding behind.
1: Yeah, yep, and that was kind of kind of scary.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, were you ever like legitimately like, oh, I may not be safe down here?
1: I'm pretty good at tuning that stuff out and sort of putting the blinders on and you know doing what I set out to do. It wasn't until the very very end um, that it kind of hit a boiling point where. For the first time, when I was down there, I was like, uh, ah, you know, maybe I should not come down here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this is my last trip for a while." <laughs> and it was.
0: Would you see, like, would you go eat at restaurants, and no, would people be like staring, and would people come up and speak to you, and that stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you see this guy walking around with this, you know, cap on and this uh, microphone and this little recorder, you're like, "Yep, that's probably that guy. Yeah, the, the podcast guy."
0: How come Tara's family wasn't on it very much?
1: I think it was just too difficult for them to talk about it. You know, they had done several news stories and TV specials over the years and, you know, nothing ever, um, you know, it didn't ever lead to anything new for them. And I think it was just an extremely uh, sensitive subject, obviously. And so a lot of friends and family were just sort of, you know, over, you know, rehashing the story in the media somehow. Yeah. And I completely understand that. And, um, you know, I think that, the townspeople ended up being very cooperative. And either way, we ended up getting somewhere, which is very important. And I know that they are appreciative of um, all the media that has covered this case.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and I guess you would talk to them off-rec. Like, I assume that they know who you are and you know who they are. And
1: Absolutely. y'all would have
0: conversations. It just wasn't recorded. Exactly. Yeah. What was the best part of doing the show? The season one, at least.
1: Um, the best part of doing the show was... Absolutely, the arrest that yeah. happened.
0: Oh my gosh, you're so excited in that episode. Like, listening to you drive down is just one of the most fun parts of the whole season.
1: I mean, if you think about it, you know, it's like I'm in a movie scene, it feels like. Yeah. I'm like oh my gosh, like something's really happening here. What do I do about this? Right. It was,
0: you
1: know, am I, you know, I'm in too deep now. Yeah. And it was, you know, there was no turning back. And I had to, you know, I, I, had, I had one of two choices to make at that point. I either sort of, you know, put my hands up and say, okay, well, I'm done. And that's that. Or I grab it by the horns. and say, okay, I'm not comfortable. We're not comfortable with just these little facts. And we don't believe all these little facts. So let's find out the truth. Now that we can focus in a very specific area.
0: Are both the guys in jail right now?
1: Only one guy is uh, Ryan Duke. And he's the only one who was charged with murder. That's yeah. why.
0: But it was Bowdukes and his girlfriend who were trolling the website, right?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, all the time.
0: Pain. That's crazy.
1: It is crazy, right?
0: That is just bizarre that you would know you. There's a chance, a high chance, you know what happened, and you're interacting with the rep- website versus like throwing your phone in the ocean and driving to California.
1: Yeah, it's so bizarre that these players are just right there on the internet. You know, you, you think about that but um, not until you see it in real life do you know that, oh yeah, that does happen. That can happen. You know, anything can happen. It's, it's so bizarre. Do
0: you know the third person that you think might be involved? For sure. Okay. <gasps> Pain. Yes. That's so cool. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. So Bo Dukes, I like don't want to say his name too much, pain because I don't want him to come find me. I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, <laughs> like, dear Bo Dukes, we're cool, man. We're cool. We'll do whatever you need to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> my name's Annie. I live uh, in Utah. <laughs> exactly. So when, when he was trolling all over the website, like long before he was on the podcast and you said the two guys' names, did you know like, oh my gosh, this is them?
1: No, I really didn't. Um, it was weird because very early on, I was looking into – this theory of former students, and it was kind of a theme that had been swirling around, and I had had this, I had this picture that was sent to me um, very early on. Oh yeah, of all the guys. All the guys in the truck, and sure yep. enough, Bo Dukes is in that picture, and he was right in front of my face the whole time, but you know, I, I had no clue, I had no proof that anyone was involved in anything, and also it was a very sensitive subject to kind of infer in any way that Tara may have been involved in students somehow, Um, closely enough to where she could have disappeared as a result of that. So um, there was no hard proof, but it was definitely something that I heard early on and looked into and then kind of pushed to the side for a second. And then, you know, weeks later, it came surging back. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that's season one. Everybody's got to go listen. I mean, I had to drive from Nashville to Lake Burton up in, you know, North Georgia, Mm -hmm. like. Three times. It's about a four and a half hour drive. I had to do it three times in a row over the holidays. But it was like, okay, good. I get to go to Lake Burton because I gotta listen to more up and vanished uninterrupted. <laughs> right. I was like, I didn't make any phone calls to friends. I just blazed through. So
1: That's amazing.
0: I loved it. Um, okay, can we talk about Atlanta Monster for a minute and then we'll sure. go to the new season? I said to my parents, hey, I'm listening to this new podcast called Atlanta Monster about the child murders. And my dad says, oh, you mean Wayne Williams? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dad, you don't know. I was like, it's not for sure. He's been arrested. But I didn't realize our parents' generation were so closely connected with that storyline.
1: Oh, yeah. My parents as well. Uh, they knew all about it.
0: Yeah, they knew all about it. What was different about doing Atlanta Monster than doing uh, season one of Up and Banished?
1: Um, well, a lot of things. The biggest thing, I think, was that it was much older and there were a lot more victims and there was a, there was a person who was accused of these crimes, and that person was in prison, and he was still saying that he didn't do it. So different in a lot of ways, and so my approach had to be a different. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to take myself out of the story as much as possible, and um, make it about the people who were involved and who were there. And thankfully, I had I had you know a lot of players in the story who were. Um, down to talk to me about it Yeah. from the FBI to Wayne Williams himself to get all the perspectives.
0: One of the things my friends who listen to the podcast like hearing people talk about is storytelling in general. And so I think listening to season one of Up and Vanished and listening to Atlanta Monster is a really interesting – you tell the stories two very different ways. Mm -hmm. And you can tell it's intentional. You are are a main character in Up and Vanished, and you are not a main character in Atlanta Monster.
1: Yep, and that's intentional.
0: Yeah. What made you want to do it that way?
1: multiple reasons even um, just the race of the victims you know this is like a, the story was bigger than a serial killer it, it sort of affected a generation culturally all the racial bifurcations in the story so i mean it, it was a i didn't want to assume or act like i knew anything about this or understood what was going on back then so i wanted the people who experienced it who we could all learn from to tell us that, and I wanted to listen to them as well.
0: Yeah, it had such a different feel. It felt way more documentary mm-hmm. style, yep. which I really enjoy. As a storyteller, I really enjoyed how you switched that up, because it also kind of proves you can tell stories in more than one way.
1: Exactly, yep.
0: Okay, so tell me how your life is different now than it was You know, the day you Googled about Tara's cold case.
1: <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, now I make podcasts all the time. Right, um, <laughs> But, you know, the cool thing is that I set out to make a film or a TV show about Tara Grinstead's case or, you know, a true crime story. And that's the one that I chose. And, you know, I got to, you know, that's, that's happening now. So, you know, it, it's been like a year and a half in the making. But
0: What's that going to be like? Are they going to take your audio and turn it into a video? Or you did video all along, didn't you?
1: So I have some video stuff that I shot along the way, but essentially the first couple episodes of the Up and Vanish TV series are going to be about Tara Grinstead's case, and we do recap everything before the podcast, then recap what happened in the podcast, then we go back down to Oscilla, which we've already done, and we find out some new information. And it, I, I'll tell you, I don't want to spoil it. I can't spoil it, but it's, um, it changes things. We actually do find really? some new stuff. Yep. So oh, it's um pain if you don't yeah. So definitely tune in. I don't know when that's gonna come out. Um I
0: was about to say when do we get to watch it?
1: Hopefully a few months from now, but I will tell you as soon as I know, I promise.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, so I can tell my people. And just because now you're stuck with me, I'm gonna be like
1: Right. Hey, <laughs>
0: tell me all the things. Um okay, so is there one thing you can tell us from season one of Up and Vanish that we don't know that you are allowed to tell us? Is there anything that happened when you were first recording that we don't know?
1: I'm sure a bunch of things happened. Right. I don't know, It's so much to wrap my head around. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things I omitted.
0: And you've been gone from it for two years, right?
1: Yes, exactly. But I've continued to, you know, rehash this story in my head with different people. But there's so much that you probably don't know that I learned or that I did because I just didn't broadcast it. But I think that a lot of that is because it was about other people and sensitive information and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that that really shouldn't be broadcasted, but if we sat down in a room one day and I told you some stuff, you'd be like, oh my gosh.
0: Okay, Payne, that's happening. I can't happening, believe you didn't say that. You brother, know I mean? that is happening.
1: <laughs> Don't you <laughs> right worry. Right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I will. Next time I'm in Atlanta or you're up here in Nash, we are doing that. Let's um, do it. Okay. So I have listened to episode one of season two of Up and Vanished. Okay. So tell me today on August twentieth when y'all release the season? Are you releasing? Are you doing one week at a time? Or are you releasing the whole season?
1: We're doing one week at a time.
0: Okay. So uh, yep. so what people can download today is literally as much as I know as well. One episode.
1: One episode, but episode two is going to come out next Monday, a week from today. Okay.
0: So, so liter- Okay. So listen, here's what I know. After this is what I told you yesterday when I was texting you back on uh, or messaging you back. As I said, this thing is so creepy. Yeah. I mean, it's already so creepy that it's another woman who literally just disappears.
1: It's very creepy and the more you kind of dig into the story and you learn about the people surrounding her and the kind of people who live around here, it it's a world that you're unfamiliar with.
0: Yeah. Are you out there right now?
1: I am out there right now actually. Okay,
0: where is it's in U- no, it's in New Mexico?
1: It's in Colorado. So I'm actually in Denver at the moment, but um The town is called Crestone, and it's about four hours from here. It's a good hike, and it's really genuinely in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. So two years ago, in July of 2016, a a woman named Crystal Ann Reisinger, who was 29 years old, went missing from this tiny town in Colorado called Crestone. Population is about 150 people, so extremely tiny. And the last place that she was known to be seen was what they call a drum circle, which happens every full moon, which is essentially every month. And they all gather around at nighttime on the top of the mountain, and they play their drums, and they do all kind of crazy stuff. But uh, that was the last place that she was seen. And since then, no one's seen her. And very similar to Tara Grinstead's case, uh, her cell phone was found inside. uh, All of her things were in her house. There was no sign of her leaving. She just literally disappeared.
0: So why did you pick this story when... I mean, I'm sure people came out of the woodwork to get you to solve their case for season two of Up and Vanished. What was it about this one that you loved? I mean, loved you loved loosely, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we went through so many cases trying to figure out what would be a good fit for season two of this podcast. And um, I actually had my heart set on a different case for a while, and then months into digging around in that particular case this case was brought to my attention by some people. And I have always been fond of Colorado, and I was kind of actually familiar with the general area that this had been in. Um, so I was like, this place is extremely tiny. How does anyone go missing from this place? And so I literally just started making some phone calls and sending some messages to people. And unlike said 's case in the beginning, for some reason, this case, for whatever reason, everything has just happened almost seamlessly people have responded immediately everyone's involved every player that i would ever want involved in this story is involved and they are determined to find out where crystal is or what happened to her yeah
0: like i mean her is it her not her stepdad but like um, the the guardian the guy the dad who like took care of her basically her father yeah rodney
1: is his name and he's a great guy and he is i mean this guy I mean, I just saw him yesterday. This guy is determined to figure out what happened to her, and so in a lot of ways, I've just told him this podcast is just uh, your vocal yeah. piece. You know, say whatever you want to say. You know. Okay,
0: so I, I think I remember you caring about that other case because on Twitter not long ago, you said something like, "All right, people in so and so county, we're seeing you. We're coming." You know. hmm Yep. Is that when you were talking about the case that you ended up not doing?
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, pain, Lindsay. You bet. You guys better watch out."
1: (laughs) I I know. Gonna get it. But things just got switched up. But um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. This this case is extremely bizarre, and it's one of those things where, you know, you listen to the first episode, and I hope you like it. But to to say that you have no idea how deep this thing goes is a complete understatement. And I would never say that if I didn't have all the things to back that yeah, up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me when you started working on this case. How long ago?
1: I would say about 6 months ago.
0: Okay. And how many episodes have you made? Like how far ahead of us are you?
1: Um I'm a good ways ahead, I would say. Um it's not all in episode form because yeah. a lot of what we're going to do is sort of along the way as things come in and we know where they should go, we put them there. Yeah. But um you know, we we've learned a whole lot and um We plan on making 12 episodes, main episodes. And if something crazy happens or things change, and obviously, you know, with podcasts, which is cool, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. But we have slated 12 episodes where it's, you know, a real full story and we do learn some very important things about Crystal and what may have happened to her.
0: Oh my gosh. Do you think you know? The end?
1: I think I know. But <gasps> Dang, that's maybe so cool. that'll change, but I do think that I know. You think you've got it? I think so. I really do.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, in, in episode one, I, I mean, so I, I listened to it yesterday on an airplane and I literally paused it one time and I was like, this one is so creepy. I think, it, I think it's also creepy to me as a faith person because it has some creepy other faith stuff going on.
1: It does. It definitely does.
0: And so that realm of it felt creepy to me. But also just the idea that someone is somewhere one day and not there the next day and no one knows. And she has a kid. And she, I mean, oh, it just gosh. is. Oh, gosh. It's so sad.
1: I know. And her, her kid is just the cutest, cutest kid ever. Yeah. I mean, so sweet.
0: Yeah. What is your hope with this one?
1: I mean, the hope is that there's a real ending to this story. Yeah. and. A real ending to me is finding out what happened to her. Do
0: you feel like there is for Tara?
1: For Tara, there is, yeah, there is an ending. Do we know everything yet? No, but it's also not over yet. There hasn't been a trial yet. So there's, there's still a lot of things that have to happen um, that can help us get to all of the truth. But I think that, you know, hey, someone is being held accountable for their actions. Right. In um, Tara Grand said story. And, you know, hopefully justice is, is served in the end.
0: Do you feel like that's going to happen with season two?
1: I mean, that's the hope. Yeah. You never know. There's a lot of things that are not in my control. And it's um, it's a scary thing to be kind of poking around the this town and talking to these people. And the more you kind of dig in, the more you realize that some of these players are are genuinely dangerous people.
0: <gasps> Pain. For real.
1: For real. Much different than Tara Said's case.
0: Really? So do you Much feel different. like, do you have to like,
1: pain yeah pain
0: i know we've only been friends for an hour but i need you to be careful buddy
1: (laughs) i'm gonna be very careful trust me we talk about it all the time
0: yeah i was about to say do you have like do you have um law enforcement that you talk to that you really trust
1: yes so that's a huge bonus um this go around is that everyone is down to be involved everyone wants to talk everyone's being cooperative we're all kind of coming together with a common goal of saying hey it's not cool that you know something happened to Crystal, and no one's talking about it. We want to know what happened, and if there's foul play involved, we want those people to pay for it.
0: Yeah, and you think you've got it. Okay, so we're going to listen, and you think you're going to sort it out.
1: I hope so. We'll okay. see. Okay,
0: so you spend a whole day out there doing interviews, meeting people, doing all that stuff, and you come back to hotel You're married. Is your wife out there with you?
1: Uh, no, she's not.
0: Okay, so when you get back to your hotel room, how do you unwind? Like, How do you recover from finding out creepy stuff or doing an interview that's kind of weird or what's your like recovery? Oh
1: man, I'm still figuring it out because some days I can, you know, tolerate it. It's, you know, it's not a big deal, but it, for some reason it always works like this. Like when it rains, it pours. I'll have days where I've called like 10 people and no one answers the phone and things aren't working. And then literally the next day I get 10 calls back to back from people and, and
0: you're like, hit record, hit record, hit record. And it's just all
1: over the place. And then you go talk to someone else about, hey, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, uh, I don't, know. I don't even know. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> so it definitely is uh, throws you for a loop. And you got to really uh, make a conscious effort to remind yourself of what the goal is, and you know, keep your moral compass aligned. Yeah, but um, that's right. You know, it, that's the most difficult part about it. And th- at the end of the day, too, make a good podcast, you know, make right. something that make a podcast that people want to listen to um and just be be the best you can be.
0: It's got to be a weird balance too pain because you're telling a story and making a podcast that that is going to be an interesting story to listen to but like these are also real lives and you are helping enact justice for people and and give clarity to people who have been mourning for 2 years.
1: Mhm. It's a huge thing difficult thing to balance um but i I found that the only way to do it to be honest is just to be real you cannot be fake with anybody you got to be as real as you can be this is not a world or place for fake people yeah you got to be an open book and if you're just doing what you feel is right all the time then you have less to worry about and just focus on making a good show and doing the right thing
0: That is a deeper, uh, something else we talk uh, about around here a lot is like what you're called to do with your life. Sure. And there's just no way that when you were at Harrison High School, you thought, I think I'm probably called to solve crimes for families via a podcast.
1: (laughs) I would have never thought that. Right. That sounds crazy to me right now today when you just said that.
0: Right. But it seems like that is a place that doors are opening for you to really be a part of bringing hope back to families that have been hopeless.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a huge, huge task. And, you know, I kind of look at it like, you know, if I can perfect the way to tell these stories um, on a platform that's big enough to where millions of people want to hear it mm-hmm. and tune in every week mm-hmm. and find a way to establish relationships with these people and these families um, so they're comfortable being involved and they they can feel like in some ways this can be an outlet for them, then it's the best of both worlds. And what it's really doing that I'm offering at all is not solving of a case. I'm not a real investigator, but is offering a platform where hopefully I can get all these people who are listening, interested in this case and talking about it. And maybe through that, we find something new.
0: Yeah. And give a gift to families and friends who are missing someone that they love.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man, I don't know that I knew before this conversation or that I would have thought about your storytelling as having such a, um, just that second layer. It's not just entertaining us. And it's not just telling a creepy story. It's literally going like, man, I, I'm doing a little bit of a dangerous thing here, mm-hmm. but also trying to really help people.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a bizarre thing, I'm telling you. One thing that's cool about this season that I really do like that's different than season one is that this is going to be a lot more like a fly on the wall for all the characters and players, friends, family, law enforcement, other reporters who were involved in Crystal's story, her life before um, she moved to Crestone and just every facet of this. And so you really get to kind of see what it's like if something like this happens Mm. to people. Mm-hmm. and so it's a deep dive into that, and it's um, it's very sad, but it, there's also a silver lining of, in a lot of ways, memorializing Crystal's life and telling her story in a way that she'd want us to tell it, yeah. I think.
0: Do you see yourself continuing multiple seasons of Up and Vanished?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that um, it's big enough to where I think that you keep it going as long as you can, as long as it makes sense. I think that over time it will evolve into you know bringing more people involved and you know all sorts of things but um, you know I think that it's a big enough brand and platform that you know we should keep it going for as long as we can as long as it makes sense
0: yeah it's very fun man you've done a really good thing for culture just even the storytelling and the way you handle it I think is is just really fun and brilliant well, thank you. So, and I'll tell you this, this is what's in my head. So I'm just going to tell you when you come to mind, here's what I want to, I'm going to pray for you. And this is what I'm going to tell my friends listening to pray is that, that God's wisdom would really be like in your head that you would know. So it keeps you safe okay, and so that you can kind of step in that direction. I just think, yeah, I, I don't think this is something I would want to do with just my own power, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? Well, I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: Having that extra, extra help, I think. Yes. Well, um, is, is always good. I'm like, oh man, be safe. I can't
1: say that I don't need it. Yeah, I definitely probably need yeah. that.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So let me let me ask you one more question. This is the last thing we always ask on the show. And listen, you're welcome here anytime. Anytime you. you want to tell us about something or if you want to give us an update or whatever you want, you just holler and say, Annie, help me out or give me, <laughs> or, I'm going to help you out. Come on. I want to tell you something I know you want to know because I'm a huge fan, bud. Okay. The last question we always ask on the show is what sounds fun to you? Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. So for me today, what sounded fun was getting the inside scoop on your podcast series you make. What is fun for you? Like, what do you do for fun?
1: Um, You know, I like to be outside. I like to to travel to new places, new cities. And I really like to eat food. I mean, I think that everyone does these days, but I like trying new restaurants and being in a new place and getting all excited and making sure that it has four and a half stars on Yelp yes you know.
0: okay so tell me where you're eating in denver what's your spot
1: so so far my favorite place in denver is a place called steubens it's like Steuben. this uh burger place kind of thing but um very delicious um really cool interior kind of retro inside um i like it a lot it's super cool so if you're okay. in denver i'd check out that place did you ever have a favorite spot in oscilla um let's see that's a little tougher. There is a place called Chicken Delight.
0: I was about to say it would have to be all like fried chicken and mashed potatoes. Pretty good
1: fried chicken. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. And that's you know one place I always felt you know, a little more safe. Yeah. yeah I would, <laughs> so if you're in Osceola, Georgia, <laughs> check out Chicken Delight. Pretty, What's pretty good. What's your chicken.
0: spot in Atlanta?
1: Oh my gosh. That's the toughest question because Atlanta is just full of new restaurants nice. every single day. It seems like there's a place called La Tavola, which is a pasta and stuff like that Italian food that is delicious I like yeah. that place there's just so many it's like hard to even think of them yeah up. yeah but yeah Atlanta is a food hub so if you I mean there's not really you, you can't, can't survive as a bad restaurant in Atlanta for very long
0: is Yelp where you look
1: um I do trust the Yelp uh, star system because yeah. I think it's kind of competitive. But um, you know, I use Open Table to make my reservations. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I um, I just went to China in uh, June, and we were using Yelp. And the problem is, if you want like local food in China, Yelp isn't going to help you because it's all Americans eating.
1: Oh wow!
0: Right. So, like, the top restaurant in one of the cities was an Italian restaurant because they had English on the menu.
1: Oh my god! That, so
0: that's where all the Americans had gone. So it had the top rating, and you're like, well. I wanted, like, Chinese food.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: Isn't that funny? So I'm like, okay, Yelp, I'll stick with you in the U.S. Right. And in English-speaking countries because I trust or, – or when I want to eat like an American somewhere.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: So, oh, I love that you're a foodie. Okay, when you come to Nashville, I just have a list of places. Oh, next that'd time be great. Town. Awesome. Man, this was super rad. Thank you for doing this.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. This has been great.
0: friends. Oh my gosh. Right. For starters, how cool to get some inside scoop about season one of Up and Vanished and to get to talk to the creator. Loved talking about Atlanta Monster. You know me. I love talking about restaurants that are delicious and um, super interesting to hear the start of what is going to be season two of Up and Vanished. So I am going to start listening. I mean, I've listened to episode one and thought it was really interesting. Again, just a reminder that there's a language warning on episode one, at least, of Uh, Season 2 of Up and Vanished, So you should know that going into it And I'm just so grateful that Payne would take time To come on the show for a minute and talk to us about it I think that is really, really cool I'm so grateful for people who tell good stories Who do their job really, really well And I think Payne Lindsey does that So um, if you want to follow him Or Up and Vanished on Instagram, Twitter They're all over the place his name is Payne Lindsay, P A Y N E, Lindsay with an E, L I N D S E Y, and then Up and Vanished, Up and Vanished are um, the tags for both of them. And today, season two kicks off, so you can listen to that first episode, and then they'll come out weekly, as he said, for 12 episodes. So, what sounds fun to me, I am currently in New York City and it is lunchtime, so I'm gonna be like Payne Lindsay, I'm gonna hop on Yelp and find a place right near where I'm staying in Brooklyn and go get some lunch. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks to Dave Barnes for letting us use his music this season. Super grateful. My friends are the best. You guys go out and do something that sounds fun to you and I will see you in just a couple of weeks.